everybody, and good evening to you. Once again, we are, we are glad to be able to come into your homes or wherever you are on this evening, and we're, we're so happy that the Lord has given us this opportunity to come to you uh, for us to join together to go into God's word. Certainly, we need his word today uh, and every day. His word is what it keeps us alive, and we're so grateful and uh, we continue to pray, uh, especially during this season. Uh, we want you to know here at Greater Refuge Temple in D.C. and uh, Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, we are con continuing steadfastly in prayer uh, for all the people of God, for this nation, and for everyone around the world. We are um, happy to know and pleased to know, joyful to know that the Lord is forever with us and keeping us and making ways out of no way. Let's, let's go into prayer before we go into our lesson tonight. Father, once again, we're so grateful for this opportunity that you've given us to go into your word. We thank you for this fellowship via Facebook and YouTube. We thank you. We dare not complain about the situation around us. We're just grateful, oh God, to still be alive in the land of the living we're still able, oh God, to share your word and to receive a word from you. I pray that you bless everyone, Lord, under the sound of my voice, everyone that is connecting to us and those that will be connecting in later. I pray for their homes, for their families, that you would keep them and cover them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, um, we're on the road to Pentecost, and um, I'm excited about it. Pentecost Sunday uh, will be this coming Sunday, and I'm really excited about it. And, you know, these are very uh, difficult times. Uh, we've never seen this kind of season before, uh, but we're still celebrating uh, the fact that the Holy Ghost is yet falling. Uh, people are still getting delivered. The church is moving forward. Um, just last week, uh, two souls were baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, and one soul, uh, we got report, uh, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, so God is yet moving even in the midst of all that is going on. Uh, and we're on our way there. Uh, the birthday of the church uh, is what Pentecost is all about. Um, Fifty days after the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, you remember the story, 120 in the upper room. Um, and, of course, to give you a little background about Pentecost, it comes from a Jewish harvest festival uh, called Shavuot. Um, the apostles were celebrating this festival when the Holy Spirit descended upon them. Uh, remember, Jesus said, go into Jerusalem and wait there until you be endowed with power from on high. Uh, and they went and waited in ten days in the upper room. Uh, and the Bible says that uh, they found themselves speaking in foreign languages, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, according to the book of Acts, it sounded like a strong wind. Wind started blowing, and it looked like uh, flames of fire had set upon each of them. Uh, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave the utterance. Uh, and remembering as it is recorded in the book of Acts, those who were passing by, 
Uh, it says here in the scriptures, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Persia, uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, and in the parts of Libya, uh, about Cyrene and strangers of Rome. There were Jews and there were proselytes. They were passing through. Uh, and of course, uh, to give you a little further history uh, of what we're going to be talking about, one of the three major feasts during the Jewish year uh, was Pentecost, giving thanksgiving for harvested crops. Uh, the first fruits of the harvest were celebrated. Um, so likewise, spiritually, on the day of Pentecost, uh, way back then, these were going to be the first fruits, the first harvest uh, of the church of God. So uh, Jesus, uh, in the book of Acts, as forestated, uh, before uh, the resurrected Jesus was taken up into glory, before he ascended again, he told them, go and wait. Uh, you need some power. You can't do anything uh, without that indwelling power, unless I'm on the inside of you. I'm going to leave you another comforter. And he told them, I want you to wait for it. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the disciples were all together and the Holy Ghost fell. Uh, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and they were communicating in languages and uh, those who were traveling through uh, because they were coming in to celebrate this feast, uh, they heard them speaking in their language. The crowds, uh, they observed this event and heard them speaking in their languages, and they were amazed. Uh, and they started talking about what's going on and making assumptions. Uh, and that same day, uh, in the kingdom, 3,000 people accepted the message of Christ. The same day. They were baptized and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. So uh, we have the record in the book of Acts, uh, this miraculous outpouring of the Holy Ghost uh, falling upon those. Uh, this Old Testament feast was revealed. Uh, what was shown in the Old Testament was a shadow of that which would come. Uh, so uh, Paul tells us in Colossians uh, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Uh, so remembering first uh, as it relates to how it's described in the Old Testament after Moses went to Mount Sinai. Remember this? Uh, the word of God was given to the Israelites during Shabbat, mm -hmm. during that feast, uh, the first fruits, uh, when the Jews would accept the Torah. Out of bondage now, and uh, they were celebrating the feast. And Moses went to get the word, and when the word came down to them, uh, now uh, after hearing the word, they would become servants of God, uh, the people of God, the children of God. Uh huh. Uh, so likewise, after Jesus ascends into heaven, uh, he sends his Holy Spirit, uh, and now. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, those that received the gift of the Holy Ghost, they would become uh, the servants of God, uh, his witnesses, his children. Uh, they were born into it. Uh, the only way to be born again is to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Uh, and I know so many others teach differently now. All you have to do is shake the hand and sign on the book, sign on the dotted line. No, you got to do much more than that to become a, a part of the body of Christ into the kingdom or uh, considered a servant. Uh, you have to be born in it. So uh, the scripture references, it gives reference to uh, the Feast of Pentecost, the observance of the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost is recorded also in the Old Testament, and um, there are a whole bunch of scriptures I can give you, uh, but I'll give you one, Exodus 34 and 22, and thou shalt observe the Feast of Weeks of the first fruits of wheat harvest and the Feast of Ingathering at the year's end. Um, so they were fulfilling uh, that ordinance uh, when Jesus still functioning uh, before he would ascend, uh, you know, under that Old Testament regime. Uh, he's saying now something new is going to happen. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come. The church is getting ready to be born. Hallelujah. A new church is starting. Uh, and it would not be a dead church. It would not be uh, a bunch of dead stones sitting in the building just chanting, but this would be a church filled with power. Hallelujah. God, hallelujah, manifesting himself through me. He's abiding in me. And I'm so grateful for that, uh, the move of the Holy Ghost, uh, what we're about to celebrate this weekend, uh, the beginning of the new church. Hallelujah. The power of God not just moving upon us, but moving in us. Um, and I want you to notice something in the conversation, and this is where I'm going to be teaching from. The conversation that was given while they were in the upper room, um, the Holy Ghost had fell. They were, they were getting saved, for sure. Hallelujah. Jesus was stepping in. The power of God was falling upon them and in them. Uh, and here they are talking. Uh, I'm in verse 12 of chapter 2 uh, of the book of Acts. It says, and they were, they were amazed. What is this? They were all amazed uh, and were in doubt. And this is what they said to one another. They said, uh, what's the meaning of this? And others mocking uh, said, these men are full of new wine. They're drunks. They've been drinking. They're just as drunk as they can be. And Peter, you know, he, he's speaking in tongues. And he hears the conversation. Uh, and he stops speaking in tongues long enough to come and address what they were saying. They must have been outside talking pretty loud, you know. Uh, but Peter stands up with the 11. He lifts up his voice. Uh, and I'm in chapter 2 of Acts, verse 14 now. Uh, and he says, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It came to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So he, he explains, he said, we're not drunken as ye suppose, uh, but remember the prophecy of old Joel said that 
Hallelujah. The Lord would pour out his spirit in the last days. The Holy Ghost is going to fall. But notice uh, how he addresses their concerns. He says, we are not drunk as ye suppose. Does not deny. He does not deny that they are intoxicated. They were drunk. I mean, sloppy drunk. Uh, but it, it's not it's not that stuff you think, uh, as a matter of fact, he tells them, it's only the third hour of the day. It's 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, and the bar is not even open yet. Uh, we're drunk, yes, but not like ye suppose. Um, and I thought about that. It was, it was all in my uh, spirit and in my mind. Uh, drunk, but not as ye suppose. So we're, we're going to talk... A little bit about spiritual intoxication. Uh, and if I would pose a question, uh, put a little humor there, what kind of drunk are you? Uh, and notice, uh, and in order to elaborate further, I have to take you to the book of Ephesians. So go there with me. Uh, we've tied in Acts and we understand what Pentecost is about, but um, he actually, Paul, in his teaching to the Ephesian church, uh, he compares uh, what it means to be uh, under the influence of alcohol and under the influence of the Holy Ghost. And that's where the thought came to mind. What kind of drunk are you? Some people are drunk off the things of the world. They're, they're drunk off of the lust of the flesh. They're intoxicated by their own desires and concepts. Uh, but we, as children of God, are supposed to be full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and if anything is going to intoxicate us, uh, we should not be uh, a self-absorbed people. We should not be drunk off of our own uh, successes and uh, money shouldn't intoxicate us. Uh, but it should be the Holy Ghost indwelling in us, functioning in us. So I, I want to get into the word tonight, but I want to take you somewhere uh, because... Uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, it's, it's Pastor Paul that really uh, stirs our heart tonight. And he's making a contrast uh, between the person who is under the influence of alcohol and, again, the person who is under the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, of course, we know, according to Scripture, we're not supposed to be drunk with wine. No, no. Uh, not with uh, Johnny Walker, uh, you know, and uh, all those other uh, alcoholic uh, beverages. We're not supposed to be drunk uh, with wine, but uh, when it comes to spiritual things, we should be able to get just as intoxicated as we can. As a matter of fact, you should never get enough of the Holy Ghost uh, abiding on the inside, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, because the truth is, some of us are running off of fumes, uh, and and we're we're still trying to run off of what the Lord did for us yesterday. Uh, but a lot of has seeped out along the way, uh, and we need God to come by and touch us and refill us. As a matter of fact, every time you get on the altar, uh, we should have the mentality that says, "Lord, do it all over again. I need you to to fill my cup and let it overflow over and over." and over and over and over again. So let's go into Ephesians, shall we? Chapter, chapter 5, 
Uh, and I'm going to read verses 1 through um, 21, but I'm going to come back to verse 18. Uh, listen to these words. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this we know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Uh, be not ye therefore partakers with them. Ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are, hallelujah, ye light in the Lord. Walk as children is light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Rather reprove them for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. So he's unraveling some things. You all need to do what you got to do to hold on to your salvation and don't mix anything with what God has put into you. Redeem the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding. But the will of the Lord is... And here we are, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So there's a there's a purpose for all of this um, because he, he makes a distinction between being drunk in the flesh uh, with the fruit of the vine and being drunk or filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, let's go to John 15 and 1 because uh, first let me go to Ephesians 5 and 18. I said I would go back there and be not drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with wine. We are not drunk as ye suppose. Don't be drunk with wine. We are not drunk as ye suppose. Wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. So if we're going to drink from the vine, it, hallelujah, it's not the grape vine. It's, it's not, uh, you know, from any of these wineries, uh, wonderful wineries that we have in, in the state of Virginia. But here John says in the 15th chapter, uh, rather than this is Jesus talking, he says, I am the true vine. I'm feeling this already. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. I am the true vine. 
Hallelujah. I am the true vine. So there's a purpose here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In setting these two commands in contrast, it was uh, in understanding what's going on, why uh, this conversation was going on in Jerusalem, because it was a pagan practice, a pagan belief. And one of the things you have to understand, uh, and they do it even now, people were mixing. You know, there were people who were devout Jews, but they were still mixing paganism with even what they considered to be holiness and being true to God. Uh, so they were mixing paganism with some of their, uh, I should say, religious practices. Uh, and this is what uh, was happening in their conversation. It was a pagan belief. Uh, and listen to this. Uh, and then, uh, because Paul is reminding the Ephesians also, uh, don't get intoxicated with wine. And I'm going to read this out of my notes uh, there's a purpose in setting these two commands in contrast because it was a pagan belief that God dwelt in the blood of the grape. So that in drinking wine, man was drinking God into himself. This is foolishness, I know, but this is what the pagans believed. Hallelujah. They didn't worship God. They worshiped statues and they had their own made-up religion. And this is what they believe. If you get drunk, the drunker you get, the more God is in you. Hallelujah. So drunkenness was held to be a sacrament in which a man was supposed to be under the control of the God who filled them. This is why Paul, one of the reasons why he got incensed while they were supposed to be communing with one another. Remember, he said, if any man hunger, let him eat at home because what some of them were doing, they were mixing paganism with communion instead of taking, hallelujah, drinking the wine, which is the blood of Christ. And the bread, which is the body of Christ, uh, they just saw it as wine and bread. And instead of remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, they were getting drunk. Yeah, they called it a love feast. And they would take that same wine, that same bread, and they would get drunk. And Paul said, this is ridiculous. You all are mixing paganism with holiness. Yeah. So Paul reminds here to the Ephesian church, he's saying, uh, leave that paganism out. Don't, don't get drunk and carry on. If you're going to be filled with anything, be filled with the Holy Ghost. So he pointed to them the true way of being possessed. Hallelujah. Because when a man is drunk, he's possessed with spirit, but it's not the spirit of God. Uh, so he says... Uh, I want you to understand that if you're going to be filled, if you're going to be intoxicated, if you're going to be drunk, then it should be with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, some things that I want to make, bring to light, uh, a spirit-filled life, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, it's a command. Ephesians 5, 18, and be not drunk with wine. It's a command. Don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Don't go to places and get intoxicated. Yeah, I'm, I may have some wine bibbers watching me right now. You might, you like to sneak a little sip. He says, don't get drunk with that stuff. Don't get intoxicated. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with 
the Spirit. So there are two commands. Both require obedience. They're not optional. They're imperative. Don't get drunk with wine. That's the first command. Why? Because it's excess. Uh, but here's the second command. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk with wine. Don't indulge in worldly pleasures. But be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. So to be Spirit-filled is it's a command. It's a command. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a command. Be intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. It's a command. So the second thing, uh, having a spirit-filled life, uh, and I'm glad I'm having this conversation because there are a lot of people who say they are filled with the Spirit, but they're not filled with the Spirit. We're going to go there tonight. Yes, we are. It, folks been sitting in church for years, never got filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, but the, a spirit-filled life is a command to every believer. I can't say to the person over there, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And say, oh, you don't need it. You okay. No, it's for every believer. Every believer. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and 4, uh, there were 120 of them, and every single one of them, nobody was left out. He could have easily said, okay. My mother don't need it. Mary don't have to have the Holy Ghost. But Mary was there, and sure enough, hallelujah, she had to be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. They were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Everybody in the room had to be saved. Everybody needs to be saved. Everybody must have the Holy Ghost. Ye must be, ye must be born again. You must be born again. You must, and it's for everybody. Everybody has to have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Acts 4 and 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And here we go. And they were all filled. Everybody. It's for every, everybody needs the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they speak the word of God with boldness. Also now, hallelujah, uh, to be filled with the Holy Ghost is more than just having a good feeling. And I know there are people that go to church and you know, child, we had church and they get a good feeling and you know, they jerk and twerk and jump and holler and scream but they ain't got no Holy Ghost. They haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost. They got sweaty. Yep, they got sweaty. They had a good time. Mascara's running. Eyelashes fell off. The tie is all loose. Hallelujah. But you need the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside. It's more than just having a good time in church. Ephesians 1 and 13. And whom... Ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. You have to be sealed with the Holy Ghost. You have to have it. Hallelujah. You have to have it. I know those that belong to me. Having this seal 
And the Holy Ghost is that seal. He called it the Holy Spirit of promise. It was a promise. It said, and the promise is not just for you, but it's to your children as well. So uh, he tells the Christians at Ephesus that you have been sealed with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And thus they were indwelt. Hallelujah. They were filled by the Holy Spirit as everyone should be, as I said. Uh, everyone should be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians now, 6 and 19. What? Paul says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? He's saying you got God living in you. You ought to show some sign. You ought to live like you're filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Hallelujah. And, and, and that's for... Folks that say, I'm grown, I do whatever I wanted to. No, you've been bought with the price, and you've been filled with heaven's best. You've got God abiding on the inside, and your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And you are filled with God. He's living on the inside. Hallelujah. And here's something that I wrote uh, in my notes. Some folks just feel him. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's hard. It's difficult. I don't care who you are. Uh, how crooked you are, how wicked you are, it's difficult, hallelujah, to sit in the house full of spirit-filled saints, people rejoicing, and you're going to feel something. You might act like you don't feel it, but you feel it. And there are some that go with the feeling. They'll run and jump and scream just like everybody else, but you need to be filled, hallelujah. You're claiming God, you're saying that I have God, but uh, is it really true? Does God possess you? Is he living on the inside? And this is what, what thought came to me when I was meditating today and thinking uh, on the words that I was going to share. And this is what I wrote. I said, owning a house and living in a house are two different things. <laughs> I, can, I can say I have a house, uh, but I'm not inside the house. I never go in the house. Uh, I'm sleeping outside in the backyard. Uh, you haven't possessed it until you start living in it. If you're claiming it, you're in there. Uh, so owning a house, living in the house, hallelujah, two different things. Uh, and, and this is the scripture that came to mind, uh, Romans 8 and 9, my Lord. He says, you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God is in you, yeah, if, you, if you're really saved, if you really got uh, the Holy Spirit living in you, he says, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. If, if Jesus is not living inside of you, then you, you can't go around saying, yeah, child, I'm a child of God. No, anyone that does not have the spirit, and I'll read it again, I'll read it in the NIV, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. If anyone doesn't have Jesus really truthfully living on the inside, he's got the keys to your heart. And he's living in there. He's dwelling inside. He's filled you. Hallelujah. If he hasn't filled you, then you are None of his. And I know people don't like this. They don't like to hear this part because, you know, today everybody's saved. Everybody has the Holy Ghost. I, I was uh, watching, I won't say what show it is, but they, 
they were saying, I'm saved, I'm saved. And, you know, she's got a cigarette in one hand uh, and a cocktail in the other hand. Uh, so, you know, she was getting full of the spirit, but it was not the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know what, if it was 100 proof, 80 proof, uh, but if you're going to be filled, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And if Christ has not filled you, then you are none of his. Let the church say amen. Um, so, you know, we may possess him. They may possess him. They might, you know, they're claiming him, but he has not possessed them. And Paul said, if he's not possessing, if he's not in you, then you are not his child. You need the Holy Ghost. And listen, I don't care if you're Baptist, Catholic, Methodist. I don't care what you are. I don't care what denomination. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is what you need. You need Jesus in you. This has anybody that has the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like it. Nothing like the Holy Ghost. Nothing like Jesus living on the inside. I don't care the name of your church. I don't care how long you've been in the church, how many credentials you hold. If you don't have Christ dwelling in you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost in you, he says you are, Paul says, I didn't make it up. He says you are none of his. They do not belong to Jesus. They don't belong to Jesus. They don't belong to Jesus. They don't belong to Jesus. So if they don't belong to Jesus sitting in church, if they don't belong to Jesus, who do they belong to? Whose child are they? Who do they belong to? Whose baby are you? You have to have Jesus abiding on the inside. And listen to this. Um, being filled with the Holy Ghost is not a matter of excess, right? Because he says, don't be drunk. Uh, verse 18 Chapter 5 of Ephesians, he says, and be not drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with wine. With in is excess. So when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's not a matter of excess, but it's a matter of sanity. It's a matter of sanity. In the Greek, the word excess means riot. It means to riot. Don't be drunk with wine. Therefore, it's riot, it's riotous, it's riotous. There's no control there. It's, it can become unseemly. You could do things you have no idea, right? Uh, and there are people who, who give testimony to the fact they get good and sloppy junk, drunk and they wake up and land next to somebody they don't even know who they are. They don't know what they've done. I don't even know how I got here, right? It's unseemly, it's riotous. But uh, and listen to this, the most spiritually sane people in the world, the most spiritually sane people in the world are those who are filled with the Holy Ghost, that are filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus is our example. And if Jesus is in me, he's going to lead me and guide me into all truth. He will not lead me into craziness. He will not lead me into a sloppy, a sloppy, a sloppy lifestyle. I got stuck on sloppy, but I had to say it till I got it out right. Uh, the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all true, my Lord. So listen, being filled uh, with the Holy Ghost or having a spirit-filled life, uh, it's, it's a normalty. It's something that's normal for a child of God to be to be drunk in the spirit, to hear his word. You know, there, there are some folks 
who love God so much and have so much of God in them, all they have to do is hear a scripture and they'll get drunk with joy and the Holy Ghost will start speaking through them, walking through the house and all they have to do is think about how God blessed them and immediately the Holy Ghost will stir up in them and they'll start communicating with God and it's, it's a normal thing uh, to be uh, a spirit-filled life is supposed to be and it, it is a normal experience for God's children. Hallelujah. It's a normal experience for God's children. Uh, Ephesians 5.18 again. Uh, but be filled with the spirit. And in the Greek, after he, he talks about don't get drunk with wine because it's riotous. Uh, he says, but be filled with the spirit. And in the Greek, what it, he's really saying is, but continue to be filled. Go on being filled. Go on being filled. So that tells me, he says, listen, don't be satisfied with, with uh, 20 years ago, you know. And, we give, and I love the fact that we, you know, we can talk about child on, on September so-and-so, 1920, I got the Holy Ghost. And Paul says, yes, but go on being filled. Keep on getting refillings. Hallelujah. I know you got saved on such and such a date. Uh, and, but I want you to understand, listen to this, just like a man when he goes into the bar and says, pour me another one. Hallelujah. We can come to the throne of grace and say, Lord, pour me another one. Uh, Hallelujah, I felt that. I felt that in my big toe. Don't be satisfied with, with what you got 20 years ago. Come, the bar is open. I hear the Holy Ghost say, come. Come and get another dose of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and this is what the Lord put in my spirit. Uh, he took me to Acts 3 and 19. Uh, and this is what he told me to plant in us because uh, I don't just want to get to Pentecost. And some of us are grumpy, you know, because we can't get to the house and put on our white like we used to on a day of Pentecost. But, you know, this is good uh, because some of us ha have become ritualistic with Pentecost. But it means a whole lot more than putting on a white suit uh, and having sunrise service and all of that stuff. But uh, uh, Luke writes these words in the book of Acts. He says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You know what I'm praying for? Hallelujah, that this Pentecost, a refreshing wind will blow by. And I don't care how long you've been claiming salvation. Everybody gets a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Say, Lord, pour me another one. Hallelujah. Because, and it should be a normal thing. Every time you get in the presence of God, he should be pouring more of himself, pouring more, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you ever had a, a, a good tasting drink uh, some, I love orange juice, and you can't get enough of it. You want more and more and more, uh, and the Holy Ghost should be the same way. I want more and more and more and more. So he says, go on being filled. It should be a continuous thing. Now, we've moved away from Acts, right? Jesus has ascended. The Holy Ghost is falling and spreading around, and now the apostles are preaching and teaching uh, you must be born again. And the book of Acts says even as the church was growing, the apostles would go to their different regions and areas and they would confirm the souls that were brought into the kingdom. And the way of confirming was, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Uh, have you been filled? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? And they, you had to be confirmed. And then they told you, listen, this is not an easy way. 
Just because you speak in tongues don't mean you're going to have it easy. He said, you must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. But the key was, if you want to see Jesus, you have to be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. I'm loving this. So, hallelujah. God's plan for every one of us is that we might be filled, be filled, and continue being filled with his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So that we might live lives that are glorifying to him in all of, and listen to this, I have to glorify God in my personal life. Ephesians 5, we're still there. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 21. Hallelujah. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. He's talking to, he's talking to Holy Ghost filled folk now. He's saying, okay, don't be foolish. Don't walk outside of your salvation. I walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. He's talking to Holy Ghost-filled folk. Don't mix that paganism. Don't go to church on Sunday and speak in tongues or uh, go to the club Saturday night and get drunk with Johnny Walker and then come to church and he can Messiah. No. No. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. And this is how you do it. This is how you, how you take care of things and allow the Holy Ghost to get involved in your personal life. And to maintain, not only to maintain, but to allow more of the spirit to pour into you. Speak to yourselves in songs, in hymns. You don't have to wait till you get to church. Talk to yourself. Preach to yourself. Sing to yourself. Hallelujah. Sing that song that they were singing when you first got the Holy Ghost. Where were you when the fire fell? Hallelujah. It, it's a reminder of what God did in your life. He said, speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Hallelujah. Also, I'm glorifying him uh, domestically. Uh, and he gets into the relationships, family relationships. Lord, have mercy. And if you read verses 22 through 33, he says these things. And, you know, so listen, this is what I'm actually saying. And I'm going to read those verses. The Holy Ghost is not just for church. And, and you know, we haven't been in a church building for a while. So I don't want you to think that the only time we're supposed to live holy is when we're in the building. And Paul is letting you know the Holy Ghost, when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, it's supposed to manifest himself in every area of your life, your personal life, hallelujah, your domestic life. If you're married and you have the Holy Ghost, act like you've got some Holy Ghost sense. And this is what he said, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. I can tell some of y'all don't like this. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church, therefore, rather, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Gave himself forth that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it 
to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones for this cause. Shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, what does this have to do with the Holy Ghost? Well, I just told you, uh, and Paul is saying, listen, if we have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is supposed to manifest himself in every area of our lives. And, you know, wh while I was reading that, I was watching CNN uh, one day last week, and they were talking about uh, domestic violence increasing, you know, because people are shut in. Uh, people are shut in. They can't go to work. Um, they're in the house and husband and wife and you know it may have been an abusive relationship before the pandemic and now during the pandemic the, the domestic disturbance has increased you know and he or she is being even more abusive and the thought came to me I won't say it was the Holy Ghost but I'll just say the thought came to me is you know some of those people involved in that domestic mess are supposed to be saved people Holy Ghost filled people. Just as saved as you could be, yelling and cursing at your wife or smacking them in the head. You know, uh, where's your Holy Ghost? You're in church speaking in tongues and at home beating up on each other. He's saying even in your domestic life, the Holy Ghost, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, how he said keep on being filled. Instead of fussing and fighting, have a prayer meeting in your house. If you're going to lay hands, get some oil. <laughs> and anoint each other and pray. Uh, now, this is serious stuff because Paul is saying, listen, hallelujah, we're, it, we're, we're out of the prayer room now, and the Holy Ghost, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, and it's not just a good feeling, but the Holy Ghost is for everyday life. You shall have power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come. That's dunamis, ability, authority. Hallelujah. And you don't just have authority over demons. You have authority over your flesh, over your weakness. Hallelujah. So he says also uh, uh, over your business, over your relationships, Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, servants, uh, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Hallelujah. And, and you know, some of us, uh, we had good jobs. Uh, and when you had the job, you were disobedient to your boss. You said, "When well, you're in your spirit filled, uh, but you're, you're the most cantankerous person in the office. You ought to be sweet. You ought to be kind. Uh, you ought to be showing everybody what it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get off that because I fear some of y'all might turn me off now. But also now being filled with uh, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost uh, is not just getting more of him, you know, and we always, and, and it's true, uh, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm talking about refillings, and uh, Paul is talking about to continue or to go on being filled, uh, but it's not only me getting more of him, but it's also him getting more of me or more of us. 
What do you mean, Pastor Fields? I mean, well, when you have the Holy Ghost and because you want to continue getting more, you surrender more and more and more. You allow him now to take full possession. Full possession. Say that with me. Full possession. He shall lead you and guide you. And the secret to this is allowing him to have full possession. Lord, you lead me. Lord, you show me. Because, you know, you're, you're filled with him. He possesses you in you. Hallelujah. And listen, listen to what I wrote in my notes. He's possessing my personalities. And I really should say our personalities. Uh, but a lot of us, the truth is, we got more than one personality. And you need to let God have all 13 of yours. <laughs> let them have all of your personalities. Let the whole, all of y'all need to be saved. All 13 of y'all need the Holy Ghost. Now I'm just talking to one of you, but all 13 in there need the Holy Ghost. Uh, because the Holy Ghost is not just getting more of him, but he's, he's taking total control of your life. Right? You can't just, you know how some people say, I'm going to lay my Holy Ghost down and do so and so and so. No, baby, you need a refilling. Step up to the bar and say, Lord, pour me another one. Because Paul says, he's saying in Ephesians chapter 5, and he's, he's talking about a lot of stuff. He uses the husband and wife, but he says, don't be drunk with wine. It's riotous. But continue, go on being filled with the Holy Ghost. Day after day, hour after hour, every opportunity you get, Lord, fill me all over again. Take me back. We, we become too ritualistic, right? And we wait until the day of Pentecost, but every day of your life can be a Pentecost. Every day of your life uh, can be a Pentecost. So again, it's not just getting more of him, but it should be him getting more of me. My, my grandmother... Uh, Bless her soul, Mother Roundtree used to sing the song every day with Jesus. Sweeter than the day before, every day with Jesus. I love him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps me. He's the one that I adore. Every day with Jesus, sweeter than the day before. She'd sing it until she felt something. Uh, didn't care. Uh, and, and a few times I was the organist then, and she'd sing it so long I'd stop playing. I'm like, come on, Grandma. But she, she sang it until she felt that. Uh, when the longer you have Christ in your life and the more he continues to fill you and revive you and bless you, the sweeter you should become. Shouldn't be no bitter saints. Shouldn't be no, no saints that talking about, child, I've been here for years. I've been in the way. And that's the truth. You've been in the way. Uh, but we need Jesus to fill us. Uh, and not only getting more of him, but he getting more and more of us. And as, he, as we give him, as we surrender more of, of ourselves to him, the more like him we become. I feel this thing in my spirit. I wish I could teach it the way I feel it in my spirit. Hallelujah. So here, uh, another point I need to make uh, Living a spirit-filled life uh, is marked by certain definite and um, easily discernible characteristics, which means if you have the Holy Ghost, uh, people are going to know without you saying it out of, you know, I'm, I'm saved now, you know. But uh, listen, Ephesians 
the fifth chapter, and I'll read verses 14 through 21. It says, Wherefore, uh, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, mm-hmm. giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So we should consider this because, uh, and again, he makes the comparison between someone who's drunk with wine, with liquor, and someone who was filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. And there's, there's, there is a reason why Paul does that. Paul was an intelligent man, and he gives this comparison. And, and the truth is also because some of them were taking advantage of their liberties, and they were getting drunk. The Corinthian people, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're getting drunk. You know, it's Communion Sunday, and they're leaving the church drunk. Could you imagine? Could, <laughs> I won't even go there. So, uh, it is marked by certain characteristics. So, and let's talk about this. Um, it's a good discussion to have. Number one, uh, if you, as we compare a drunkard, uh, a wino, or someone who gets intoxicated, uh, is possessed by an immense sense of well-being. <laughs> an immense sense of well-being. Let me tell you uh, what I mean. Uh, because so is a spirit-filled person, someone who has the Holy Ghost on the inside, uh, a person that is drunk, is exhilarated, they're exuberant, you know, they're loud, you know. Uh, The Greeks, listen to this, the Greeks have a word for it, they call it euphoria. Uh, And it means an immense sense of well-being. So uh, on the day of Pentecost, they, they literally got drunk. And they got loud. They were enjoying themselves, speaking in tongues, rejoicing in God, in the Holy Ghost. A lot of Jews weren't used to that. They were used to just putting the front lid on their head and rocking from side to side and chanting, you know. But the whole, this is the new church. Jesus started a new church, and it wasn't by power nor by might, but it was by his spirit. And the Holy Ghost was moving, and they were just as loud as they could be. I'm going to tell you a true story. Lady Fields and I uh, were blessed to go to Israel. All right. The church sent us to Israel. We are in Jerusalem. And uh, the pastors that were there was me, uh, Bishop Davis, and uh, Bishop Liston Page Sr., and some other bishops, and our wives. We all, we were all together in the Holy Land, and we took turns ministering at different places in Jerusalem. Uh, and uh, Bishop Davis ministered at the tomb of Jesus. Uh, we served, we had communion service, and Bishop Davis did an excellent job. And my assignment was to minister in the upper room. So we were, we're in the upper room where, uh, you know, where Jesus had his last supper. It's, it's that room, that upper room also, where he sent them back uh, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And uh, so our tour group, we're in the upper room, and we're in the section or portion of the upper room, and we peep just like on the day of Pentecost. I realized when I got back to the hotel, 
There were people from all over the world. You know, it's a tourist attraction. We're in the upper room, let me tell you. And you know what I did. I had, you know, Bishop Fields, you're, you're ministering today. And so we, we had our group, and I opened the Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 2. And I read the portion where they were all in one place, all in one accord, and the Holy Ghost fell, and uh, they started speaking in tongues. And there was a young man in our group who was tarrying for the Holy Ghost. He had not received it, but he's with our group, and he wanted the Holy Ghost. And after I ministered, I did an altar call and said, anyone want the Holy Ghost? We're in that place. And the young man started reaching out to God, and the Holy Ghost fell, and he started he got excited because that's what happens when the Holy Ghost comes in. Just like a drunk man, you start making noise. And the people looked, started looking at us. And just like, uh, you know, but this time they're in the room with us. It wasn't just people outside. And they started getting mad. Why don't you shut up all that noise, you know? And they made us go out. And this, this young man is, is intoxicated. He's under the influence of the Holy Ghost. This is a true story. And it got so bad, uh, you know, uh, anybody that knows Bishop Davis, he's a wonderful man. But if you cross him, he's got a little gangster in him. I didn't know people in North Carolina can get gangster. Uh, but he stood in back of everybody. And anybody that tried to get into the group and tell us off, he, looked, he just gave him a look. i never seen it. Uh, he just gave him a look and they shut up. That, that, must, that must be his anointed mean look, because when he looked at the men or he looked at the people, they immediately shut down, and we had to leave. Uh, but when you're intoxicated, when the Holy Ghost moves, you don't care who's around you. Those people on the day of Pentecost, they didn't care who was outside, who liked it. They got drunk, and they were happy. So uh, the first Christians or the first fruits of the church, uh, they got drunk just as drunk as they could be. Acts 2 and 15. Listen to these words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose. We're not drunk like you think we got drunk, but we are drunk. We are intoxicated. And the question came to me, and I started chuckling when I was studying for this. What kind of drunk are you? Are you full of the Holy Ghost or are you full of something else? Hallelujah. Let's go to Acts 13. And 52, it says, and the disciples were filled with joy. Hallelujah. Why? Because they were filled with the Holy Ghost. My God. So anybody, and, and it, I, I wonder sometimes because, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing, but sometimes people will come and say, uh, Pastor, I got the Holy Ghost today, and there's no joy. They're not even smiling. And, and you know, I'm, I haven't been saved all my life. People that drink you know, the first thing they do, because they have the happy juice in them, they start smiling, uh, you know. Um, but you have God living on the inside, and you don't even smile. But the Bible says the disciples were filled with joy with the, and with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Joy, there's joy in the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost is in you, you're going to have joy. Hallelujah. Listen, uh, the second thing. Uh, about living a, a spirit-filled life, and, and he, he's making a comparison. He does it in verse 18 of Ephesians 5. He says, and be not drunk with wine. I'm reading again, which is in excess, but be filled with 
the spirit. So another thing, if we make a comparison, he says a drunkard, a drunkard is recognized by his face. You can tell sometimes that somebody's intoxicated by the expression on their face. Uh, many of our faces are, are shadowed instead of shining. Hallelujah. Uh, and there should be a radiance. If you have Jesus abiding on the inside, there, there should be a radiance. There should be something, the glory of God. You shouldn't be so glum and, and, and dreary. There should be a radiance uh, if, if Christ is filled and if he's in you and you continue to enjoy your salvation, it should be a radiance on your face. Hallelujah. And, and I'll take you to the Old Testament, Exodus 34 and 29, when Moses came down. Remember, we compared it in my introduction, just like when Moses went up and received the word and he brought it down. And then after they received the word, they became the servants of God, the children of God. So he chose them. He gave them the word. Right. So after just like Moses, Jesus ascends and he sends the Holy Ghost, he sends, he sits down on the right hand of his father and the Holy Ghost falls. And after that, uh, they would become the new church, the children of God, born in to the kingdom. It's like he told Nicodemus, ye must be born again. So uh, Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. And when he came down from the Mount uh, that Moses was not, that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Hallelujah. So when you spend time with Jesus, and now Moses didn't have the Holy Ghost in him. He's, he's with God. He's spending time with God. We have the Holy Ghost abiding in us. Uh, there should be no dark shadow over our face. Hallelujah. That light should be shining. Hallelujah. The glory of God should be permeating uh, even in Acts chapter 6 and 15, uh, 6 and 15, and all that sat in council looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. They're talking about uh, Deacon Stephen. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost started moving in him, and people knew it was the power of God. Uh, they just looked down his face, Luke 9 and 29. Uh, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glycerin. Uh, Psalms 34. This is my favorite psalm. I love Psalm 34, but when you get down uh, to verse 9, hallelujah, I love to say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Uh, but he says in verse 9 of that same psalm, oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. There is no want to them that fear him. Hallelujah. And, and, and there are other scriptures that we can, can read, but there, there's so much radiance uh, when you are close to God and God is in you. Uh, and, uh, and I should have writ, wrote, I'm, I'm sorry, read the fifth verse of, of Psalm 34, going ahead of myself. Uh, it says, but they looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. They looked unto him and were Lightened. They looked unto him. There was something about his look that, that uh, ministered to him. And when you have Christ, when you have Christ, you have a relationship with him. And, and as it relates to the lesson, when Jesus is in you, you should have so much Jesus that people look at you. They watch you. Uh, and there's something about your demeanor because of the Christ in you uh, that charges them, that encourages them, that blesses them. Hallelujah. So... Uh, the other thing 
I need to share with you is that a drunkard has a characteristic uh, savor, an odor, an ambiance. Hallelujah about him. Ephesians 5 and 2. Uh, walk in love. So our ambiance, the feeling or the odor, uh, you know, that surrounds you because you have the Holy Ghost should be love. Hallelujah. People should feel love around you if you have the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, uh, have you ever been around somebody that's, that's drunk? They haven't said anything. They haven't said a word. And they sat down. You know, I'm a New Yorker. And I used to take the train to work when I was in the workforce. And uh, I had to go all the way down to 46th Street uh, from, from uh, 241st Street. Got on that two train. Uh, and sometimes early in the morning, somebody would get on the train just as drunk as they could be. And they hadn't said a word. They just sat down next to me. And when I took, a, you know, I inhaled, I can smell the liquor on them. And, and the train is stopped, and they're still rocking, you know, but it was the, the aroma, that, that just ambiance. Something is wrong with this person, and when you have the Holy Ghost, people should know that you have the Holy Ghost. There's something about you. Uh, Jesus Christ was, as, was like uh, a holy incense before his Father and before the world, and we should be filled, so filled with God in us, hallelujah, that is the same thing. Hallelujah. When we come around people, when you walk into a room, people should automatically uh, sense something, an ambiance, the, the atmosphere. Something begins to happen, yes. Um, so that leads me to the next one. Uh, because uh, a drunkard can also, and he's making comparison, a drunkard can also be detected by the way he walks. We ever see somebody that's intoxicated, they can hardly walk. They can they can hardly, uh, and so uh, there is a mannerism, a walk that spirit-filled people have as well. Here it is, and I'll read it again, Ephesians 5, 15. See then that ye walk how? Circumspectly. Don't walk like a fool, but as wise. We have a particular walk too. Hallelujah. That is... Uh, Walk circumspectly. Walk with discipline. When you have the Holy Ghost, we are, we are walking in and with a disciplined life. Only, not just discipline, because when you talk about being circumspect, it's not just, just a disciplined life. It's consistent. The same way I am in church is the same way I should be at home. The same way you are in church, all spiritual Hallelujah, and, and loving and kind and smiling. You should be like that on your job. So you're, we're not just disciplined. We are supposed to be, because of the Holy Ghost, consistent. Consistent. Uh, so if we, can, if we contrast, a drunk can't walk straight. Hallelujah. But when you have the Holy Ghost, you can't help but walk straight. My God. Drunk walks crooked, but when you get the Holy Ghost, he has made the crooked straight, uh, and he enables you to live before God and then before the world in a way that is upright and honest and with respect to God, reverence to God, 
and you are consistent. Why? Because as Paul said, you go on being filled with the Holy Ghost. You continue to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. So uh, the next thing, and I'm almost done, a drunkard is betrayed by the way he speaks. Even, even if the drunk tries to conceal it, right? The, the police officer pulls somebody over uh, and he starts talking and, and because he's intoxicated, he starts talking off his head. Immediately the officer, he might say, sir or ma'am, how many drinks have you had? Because he's, he's talking and he gave it away uh, because of what was coming out his mouth. Hallelujah. So uh, Acts 4 and 20, uh, we can't speak that, uh, cannot but speak rather the things which we have seen and heard. When you have the Holy Ghost, you don't just talk off the cup. You don't just run your mouth with foolishness. Uh, but here, uh, and I'll read it again in the book of Acts, the apostles are saying we'll, we will only speak the things which we have seen and heard. Uh, because the Holy Ghost brings discipline and consistency. Uh, I'm not going to gossip with you. I'm not going to get into frivolous things. Uh, we will only talk about what we've seen and what we've heard, uh, especially as it relates to the word of God. If God didn't say it, I'm not going to say it. But if God did say it, I will say it. Uh, so uh, the next thing, a drunkard is not responsible for his action. Uh, you know, he may do foolish things. And, and here's where we resemble uh, because I've given myself over to the Lord uh, and because I don't own myself, he owns me, hallelujah, I'm not responsible in, in that regard. Yes, I'm responsible for walking uprightly, but if I've given myself totally over to him, he's living through me. Yes, uh, and I'll read scripture, Galatians 5. Verse 22 and 23, uh, and, and this is what I'm really saying because um, I have the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside. I've given God control of my life, uh, and when you begin to, to give God control of your life, you're not just getting more of him, but he's getting more and more of you. You're learning every day. It's not easy to give control over the term because, you know, we're grown. We, we like to have our way. But if we allow the Holy Ghost to move and abide and live and lead, uh, this is what Paul is teaching. He says, some fruit will manifest. Galatians 5, 23, I'm sorry, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Hallelujah. So, uh, if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I'll produce in my life fruit. And that fruit is supernatural. That fruit is a supernatural fruit. And I just read it. Uh, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But because Christ is in me, listen, uh, and there are a lot of you listening to me and watching me, you can say amen to that because, uh, you know, there, there are a whole lot of people that are difficult to love. But because of the Holy Ghost, I can love them. I can, I can function because of the Holy Ghost. There's a whole lot of things. Had it not been for the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside, I would not be able to do. No, I wouldn't. Hallelujah. Acts 3 and 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? 
Why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? There was fruit of their relationship. The more and more they allowed the Holy Ghost to function in their lives, I think this is a problem in the church. It's too much flesh. There's too much of us operating uh, and we get frustrated because we say God is not doing this. And I would say it's because we're trying to do it in ourselves, in our flesh. Hallelujah. And, and uh, um, the early church, they were so active in the Holy Ghost, having his way so much in their lives. Right? There were people who were just shocked and astonished. And they had to say, why are you looking at us like this is, this is a daily occurrence? This is, this is a natural thing, uh, you know, because it, and it's not us. Uh, it's the Holy Ghost. It's the power of God that has done this. Uh, so uh, the next thing, uh, and, and I'll close out with this. Hallelujah. And, he, and Paul makes that comparison, and I'll read that verse again. And be not drunk with wine. Uh, we're in his excess. It's riotous. Uh, but be filled. Can go on being filled. In the Greek, in the Greek, translation it means to go on continue uh, to be filled with the spirit so here Paul is teaching it's an ongoing thing repent therefore and be converted so when the times of refreshings will come hallelujah he's, he's going to stop by uh, you know every time I go to Jiffy Lube one of the things they do they don't just change my oil but uh, they'll recap all of the fluids you know, they'll check the brake fluid. They check my windshield wiper fluid. Uh, they check the antifreeze, uh, right? And if it's low, they refill or they, you know, they cap it up and make sure that all of my fluids are the same. And it should be the same thing in the spirit realm, right? Every time we come to the altar, Lord, uh, check all of my fluids. Make sure hallelujah, everything is operating right. And if there's anything missing, if anything has seeped out, anything has evaporated, hallelujah, fill me up all over again. That's, that should be our attitude. Uh, but the last thing, people that uh, live a spirit-filled life, people that have the Holy Ghost, who are walking in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is living through them. Uh, and, and Paul making the comparison, a drunkard is known by the company he keeps. And I love this point the most. A drunkard is known by the company he keeps. And every time I get to this point, I read it over and over again, so forgive me. A drunkard is known by the company he keeps. You know, people that drink like to hang around people that drink. It's like people that smoke. You don't like hanging around people that don't smoke, right? But trust me, people that do a whole lot of drinking, uh, they like to hang around people that do a whole lot of drinking, you know? Uh, but it should be the same way with us. Hallelujah. You should want to be around the people of God. You should want to be around them so we could all get drunk together. They were in one place on one accord, and they got sloppy drunk. They got filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen, uh, a drunk will make his, his or her way to the bar, right? They call it happy hour. Uh, there are folks who go to the bar. They'll go to the bar every day. There's folks today mad behind this pandemic because the bar has been closed and they're happy now because there's these restrictions and this is how we should be 
when we're able to come back in the house of God, y'all should be running to the altar. Uh, but a, a drunkard will make their way to the bar, and a spirit-filled person, a spirit-filled person will consistently and constantly seek the presence of God. Not just his presence, but you'll seek fellowship. Something happens when God and I get together. My God, when the Holy Ghost starts moving on the inside, uh, let's go to Acts 4 and 23. Acts 4 and 23, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Hallelujah. So, and, and this scripture is right after uh, a man who was 40 years old received his healing. Hallelujah. And uh, they knew something was different, not just because he was running and jumping, but he was standing around the people of God. He wasn't standing around those who were scoffing and those uh, who were ridiculing. Uh, but what they noticed was uh, that the man would not leave the presence of the apostles. Wherever they went, he went. Uh, anybody that, you know, uh, he was hanging out with them. Be before this time, you know, he was begging from the, from the other people, trying to get something from them. But now I got the Holy Ghost. I want to be around other people that got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Uh, and listen, I have in my notes, how can we become spirit-filled, possessed, and controlled by the Holy Spirit? Uh, so think about the drunkard again. Um, how does he become a drunkard? He continues to drink. Uh, and this is what we should do, continue to drink, continue to be filled with God's presence, because this is what Paul says in that one verse. It's a powerful verse but be filled with the Spirit continuously, an ongoing thing, over and over and over again, drunk in the Holy Ghost, intoxicated. When you pray, pray until you're saturated with his presence. Sing until you're saturated with his presence. And, and, and um, it involves three things, and I'm closing with this uh, because we're talking about it, living a Spirit-filled life, Hallelujah. It involves having a real thirst. Hallelujah. You got to have a thirst for God. He that hungers and thirsts after his righteousness shall be filled. I'm looking for a scripture uh, in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 44. Isaiah 44. Uh, if, if somebody, you know, if somebody was in here, I would just say read. And uh, Sister Stephanie or Elder Washington or Elder Young would start reading for me. But I, I can't say read. And Craig is all the way in the booth. So uh, Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 44. Uh, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. <laughs> so uh, if we're going to be continue to be filled with the spirit and continue to get drunk and intoxicated. Uh, we have to have a real thirst. What happened to the thirst? How, it doesn't seem like people really are, are thirsty uh, like they used to be. You, you just want to have a good time. 
Uh, you just want to hear some good music, but we need to develop a thirst for God. We should be so thirsty until we can't get enough of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But here, Isaiah says uh, in Isaiah 44 and 3, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. Promise is not just unto you, but unto your children. Even the prophets of old were prophesying. Isaiah saw it and said, with stammering lips and with another tongue, God shall speak to his people. I feel like preaching now, but I got to go. I'm going to read Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. John 7 37 through 39, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But thus spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So, hallelujah, we're known by the company we keep, and one of the indicators is that we are thirsty. Hallelujah. We are, we are hallelujah, thirsty for more of his spirit, more of his power. We're, we're willing to do whatever we need to do to have more of him. Hallelujah. We want God's spirit on it. We have a thirst for him. Um, the next thing, uh, it involves us having a great capacity. Hallelujah. Great capacity. Uh, Psalms 81 and 10. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. <laughs> Listen to this. Uh, I brought you out of Egypt. Egypt represents sin. I brought you out of sin. I brought you out of sin. Now I want to do something to get the sin out of you. This is how he closes out the verse. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. My God, that's for you who sit in that living room and you don't have the Holy Ghost. Open your mouth wide, he said, and I'll fill it. I took you out. I brought you out. I delivered you. Now you need the Holy Ghost. You need, you need a blessing from God. And he's telling, this is the Old Testament. He's telling Israel, you you got to open your mouth wide. I don't just want to bring you out of sin, but I, I need to get the sin out of you. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. My God, I felt that in my big toe. So the third thing, and I'm closing with this. So, uh, you know, we're known by the company we keep and uh, we're around thirsty people. Saints should be thirsty for more of his spirit. Hallelujah. Saturate me. Fill my cup and let it overflow. And we have a great capacity. I'm, I'm willing to open my mouth as wide as I can. And he said, if you open your mouth, and this is how the attitude you should have when you begin to glorify God and worship God, open your mouth as wide as you can. And he says, and I will fill it. The last thing is, uh, not just having a real thirst and a great capacity, but uh, we have a simple faith. And here's a problem in church, too. Sometimes we make things too complicated. 
We like to throw out all these large theological terms. And Jesus just says, simply believe in me and you shall be saved. Reject me and you shall be damned. He didn't use no big theological words. He just said, be born again. He that is born of the spirit is born of the spirit. He that is born of the flesh is born of the flesh. But except the man be born of the water and of the spirit, he can. He just, you know. And Nicodemus said, I'm a, I'm a grown man. Do I have to go into my, and he, 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 he made it simple. And we have a simple faith. I'll take you to Luke eleven thirteen. If then, and this is Jesus saying, you know, because they're they trying to get deep with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, listen, I, he's letting them know, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. Don't try to get rich. Don't think about how rich you're going to be, how powerful you're going to be. Just, just know that I'm able to take care of you. Simple. He just made it simple. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, right? We, we make things difficult in church. And somebody wants to be saved. Okay, you got to say it real fast. You got to say, say it like this. You know, well, that, that, what is that? That's nonsense. He says, he said, it's simple. It's simple. First of all, you don't have to pay for it. It's already been paid for. And you don't have to, you know, it's a gift. I want to give it to you. And, he, and you know, and they're, they're, they're having a deep discussion. But Jesus is consistently making it simple. He said, Evil people know how to give good gifts to their children. The worst kind, of, Donald Trump gives good gifts to his children. Uh, but how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You mean all I got to do is ask him for the Holy Ghost? Uh, he made it, he made it simple. Hmm. Uh, immediately after he said that, he, he proceeded to cast the devil out. And I think um, he, he made it clear that it's, it's, it's simple. You all are putting, putting all these heavy words on stuff. It's simple. I'll take you to 1 John 5, 14 through 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him. And he's talking about prayer. John is talking about if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desire of him so and so he's he's talking about functioning in the holy ghost having the holy ghost you know going beyond just speaking in tongues and i needed to go this way because there's some people who think the holy ghost is just for speaking in tongues but no you you want a, an intoxicating salvation hallelujah you want god to saturate your life uh so it's full of power Hallelujah. And you're operating in the kingdom in such a way um, and you are around other people that love the Lord just like you do. And you have a real thirst. You have a great capacity and you have a simple faith. And Jesus talked about that. Uh, we should be like the little children. Hallelujah. We should have that kind of faith. Uh, it doesn't matter what we see. My daddy can do it. My my father can handle it. Uh, even say what Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, hallelujah, that strengthens me. Uh, what kind of drunkard are you? 
Hallelujah. Are you intoxicated with the spirit? Hallelujah. Are, are you full of yourself? Uh, are you self-absorbed? Are you only interested in what you can do in your flesh? Why don't you let the Holy Ghost have his way, take control? Why don't you learn how to celebrate your salvation by allowing him to work freely in your life? That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. If you've been blessed by uh, this lesson, uh, of course, you can uh, send us a donation. You can pay your tithes even. Um, Brother Wallace can put that on the screen for us. Um, um, you can use Givelify if you're at the Annex in the Bronx. Um, if you're listening to me and watching me and you don't have the Holy Ghost, send us an email. I want you to be saved. I want you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're a backslider, hallelujah, uh, you need to let the Lord make you drunk all over again, fill you with his power. Send us an email. I want to talk to you. Pray with you, Secretary at Greater Refuge Temple DC, Secretary at Greater Refuge Temple DC.org, um, and I'll get back to you. Uh, you want to be baptized in Jesus' name? Send me an email and we'll make those arrangements. Hallelujah. I want you to be saved. And the Church of God, hallelujah. Let's not just be content with having Him, uh, but let's get more and more of Him. Let's get drunk in the Holy Ghost intoxicated with his power, intoxicated with his enabling anointing so we can fulfill the purpose God has uh, in our lives. I love you all, uh, and I thank God for you. Let's, let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for your filling us with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You let me to pray again before we got off this line. I pray that you stretch forth your hand and bless your people. There might be someone, hallelujah, watching me who's in a backslidden state. Oh, my God, hallelujah. I see them sitting on the couch. I pray, hallelujah, that you would fill them right where they are. Young lady, just lift your hands and begin to glorify God. I see you. Yes, I do. My eyes are closed, but I can see you sitting on the couch. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And there's a stuffed animal right by your right side. And the sitting there watching me lift those hands and just begin to glorify God. He wants to fill you with this Holy Ghost. Open your mouth wide. And he'll bless you right now. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I want to hear from you. Send us an email. Give me your testimony. Hallelujah. And continue to pray. I will be celebrating Pentecost on, on this Sunday. I want you to continue to trust God. This won't last always. And we'll be talking to you all soon about our plans for re-entering into the sanctuary. We will be back in the house. We'll be letting you know how we're going to do it, when we're going to do it. Uh, but until then, continue uh, to be safe, continue to be prayerful, and continue to trust God. Have a good night. Lord willing, we'll see you again next week.